known by the frying pan? It's not so crazy, but the planet Venus part is surely cuckoo. He fished the paper out of the waste basket, found the envelope, placed the strange message within, and put it in his inside coat pocket. And then he seized his suitcase and fishing tackle, and rushing out, hailed a taxi, and not long after, he was on his way west by plane. As the country unrolled under him, he retrieved the strange note from his pocket. He read it again, and again. Then he examined the envelope. It was an ordinary one of good quality, designed for business rather than social usage. The notepaper appeared quite different. It was unruled, pure white, and of a texture which might be described as pebbly. It was strongly made, and of a nature unlike any paper Lana had ever seen before. It appeared to have been made from a fibre rather than a pulp. Wonder who wrote it, Lana asked himself. Tis beautiful handwriting, masculine yet artistic. Wonder where he got the frying pan idea. At any rate, I'm not going to the frying pan this year. I'm camping on Tennessee Creek in Lake County, Colorado. The country there is more beautiful and restful. But this street address, on the planet Venus... Seems to me I read somewhere that Marconi had received mysterious signals that he believed came from the planet Venus. Hesper. Hesper, it seems familiar somehow. Wonder if there could be anything to it. Something impelled him to follow out the instructions in the note. He spent the next few hours repeating the address over and over again. When he was satisfied that he had memorised it thoroughly, he tore the strange paper into bits and sent it fluttering earthward like a tiny snowstorm. Lana was not a gullible individual, but neither was he unimaginative. He was scientist enough to know that the impossibilities of today are the accomplishments of tomorrow. So while not convinced that the note was a serious communication, still his mind was open. The weird address insisted on creeping into his mind and driving out other thoughts, even those of his speckled playfellows, the Rainbow Trout. I've a notion to change my plans and go from Denver to the frying pan, he cogitated. And then he thought, no, I won't take it that seriously. Anyone who knows the Colorado Rockies knows paradise. There is no more beautiful country on the globe. Lake County, where Lana had chosen his fishing grounds, has as its seat the old mining camp of Leadville. It has been visited and settled more for its gold mines than for the golden glow of the sunsets above the clouds. But the gold of the sunsets is eternal, while the gold of the mines is fading quickly away. Leadville, with its 5,000 inhabitants, nestles above the clouds at an altitude of more than 10,000 feet. Mount Massif, with its three peaks, lies back of the town in Panorama and rises to a height of some 14,400 feet. In the rugged mountains thereabouts are hundreds of lakes fed by wild streams and bubbling crystal springs. All these lakes are above the clouds. Winter sees the whole picture decorated with bizarre snowdrifts from 20 to 40 feet deep. But spring comes early. The beautiful columbines and crocuses bloom before the snow is all off the ground in the valleys. The lands up to 12,000 feet altitude are carpeted with light green grass and moss. Giant pines and dainty aspens with their silvery bark and pinkish leaves blossom forth and whisper. 
while the eternal snows still linger in the higher rocky cliffs and peaks above. Indian paint blooms, its blood red in contrast to the milder colourings. Blackbirds and bluebirds chatter and chipmunks chirp. The gold, so hard to find in the mines, glares from the sky. The hills cuddle in banks of snowy clouds, and above all, a pure clear blue sky sweeps. The lakes and the streams abound with rainbow trout, the gamest of any freshwater fish. It is indeed a paradise for either poet or sportsman. In any direction near to Leadville, a man can find heaven and recreation and rest. Finding himself on Harrison Avenue, the main street of the county seat, Lana, after reviewing some old acquaintanceships, started west in a fliver for Tennessee Creek. The fliver is a modern adjustment. Until a few years ago, the only means of traversing these hills was by a patient, sure-footed donkey, which carried the pack while the wayfarer walked along.